when the NSA once listed as the most dangerous hacker in America, sure don't look like much. He travels the world and scans the web to keep you up to date on the latest threats to the internet and to your cybersecurity. He brings you the latest on the fight against cyber terrorism, keeping you safe with the best cybersecurity information on the radio. It's Cybersecurity Today with John Bambanek. John Bambanek, the most trusted name in cybersecurity. Good morning. You're listening to Cybersecurity Today Radio. I am your host, John Bambanek, coming at you from AM820 News, covering Tampa Bay and the West Coast, as well as AM1060 News, covering the Space Coast and Orlando. Uh, you can visit us online at our website, uh, at cybersecuritytodayradio.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash cybersecradio, Twitter at Cybersec Radio, and my personal Twitter account is at Bambanek, B-A-M-B-E-N-E-K. And you can email us any comments or questions you'd like us to answer on the air at Radio at gmail.com, J-O-H-N-B-A-M-B-E-N-E-K, radio at gmail.com. Have a great show lined up for you, talking about what's trending, what you need to know, the news of the past week. Uh, we'll have an interview about drones and some of these gadgets and devices and the security implications going on, how hackers can uh, take those devices over in flight. We'll take your questions uh, from social media, how to protect you, yourself, and your family, and wrap it up talking about some new changes in uh, what hackers are doing to impersonate trusted brands and websites that you're going to uh, and what you need to know to keep your computer safe from malware and your financial information safe. So let's kick it off talking about some of the trending news over the last week. I am sure you heard a lot about the Facebook live killer. Uh, an individual, uh, for whatever particular psychological reasons made sense to him, uh, committed murder using Facebook Live, so streamed online uh, to the Internet via social media, uh, started a, a, a very large manhunt to catch him. He was eventually uh, captured and committed suicide um, before he was actually able to be arrested. So, this is a very extreme example of a lot of what we see with social media, of people uh, using that for uh, an outlet of their bad behavior, right? The, you see and probably hear a lot about school kids recording fights from their schools, putting it up on YouTube. Uh, and you know an attempt to be viral and famous and we have always as a society had an attraction to being famous now with social media uh, there's a venue to it with Instagram and YouTube and Twitter and all of these various things where uh, young people or adults can uh, make a name for themselves uh, and sometimes they do so in bad ways uh, I know YouTube specifically uh, there was a period of time I served on a school board uh, somebody had uh, 
videotaped a fight that took place in a classroom uh, of a student getting beaten up. Uh, and there was more to it than this, but ultimately, you know, culminated in uh, one of the students involved committing suicide. So there is a lot of, of things to be aware about of how people use social media. There's a lot of conversation about cyberbullying uh, and people who uh, attempt uh, usually directed towards girls, but not necessarily, uh, you know, try to uh, abuse them or coerce them uh, into behaviors that they don't want to do in lieu of exposing embarrassing information. So the big takeaway here, uh, right, beware uh, and be uh, cognizant of what your children are doing on social media. Uh, if you can, have their passwords, but Keep open lines of communication, uh, know who they're associating with and who's associating with them, uh, and make sure that they are, they're using good social media habits, uh, not posting too much uh, sensitive information online or things that could impact their privacy, uh, but certainly make sure they know how to deal with bullying and keep those lines of communication open because it is uh, very important and critical. Uh, you're listening to Cybersecurity Today Radio with your host, John Bambanek. I'm going to go on to a couple of more stories. Uh, again, last week, North Korea attempted to launch a missile that uh, roughly exploded shortly after it was launched. It was a provocation to the United States. Uh, North Korea does this every year, every other year or so, uh, where they do missile launches and various things to show their their military prowess uh, and to predictable results. Uh, often those devices don't work as intended. So it's more than a few missiles have exploded uh, on launch uh, for North Korea. However, there was a former British spy who said to the media uh, roughly 24 hours after that, says, you know, uh, the U.S. has got some capability here and they could be hacking these missiles, causing them to explode on launch, right? which sent out a flurry of media coverage uh, and a lot of uh, sensational headlines grabbing things out there. Is this possible? Uh, I certainly had a lot of discussions and interviews about this the past coming week. Uh, the short answer is uh, there's no evidence this guy, he certainly wasn't in a position to know. He was just speculating. Uh, he was former intelligence, but in the 90s. So really wasn't in a position to know and was just kind of talking off the cuff. I am sure if our intelligence community had the means to hack North Korean missiles, they would do so. But uh, because of North Korea's way of acquiring it, right, you know, buying black market parts for some things, stealing designs and technologies for others, these things are kind of cobbled together, uh, and they don't really have the same kind of support systems that our missiles have. Uh, they're not as connected. You know, they don't have a global satellite network and so on. So it would be very difficult to, to engage in a cyber attack to actually cause uh, North Korean missiles to explode. There's just not a lot of connectivity from uh, into North Korea at all with their uh, weaponry. So certainly you know, a lot of sensationalist coverage based on speculation. I'm sure it's possible uh, we are giving North Koreans, we know where they're stealing their information, so we're giving them bad information, uh, in effect a subtle way of sabotage. That's certainly plausible and very believable. Uh, but that was a headline you saw a lot of, uh, and there's probably not much truth to what you saw. Last article, a lot of conversations here talking about artificial intelligence, machine learning, uh, and getting computers to protect 
protect themselves, uh, there's a lot of malware computer viruses that are uh, that are done every day, right? There's a million easily new samples of malware done a day. So having human beings uh, create signatures and respond to that uh, is a very difficult process, right? You know, there's just not enough people, right? which is why cybersecurity is such a growing industry. There's just too much work and not enough people. Uh, the reality is, is that, you know, one of the biggest issues of computer security generally is that uh, all of these things are based on algorithms, right? What's your phone number? It does some algorithm. And hackers abuse those algorithms to get the results. So uh, there's a lot of good things artificial intelligence can do in machine learning. Uh, but really, it's important to know that machines and automations and robots and all this stuff you're hearing is never going to completely remove the need of human beings being involved. Somebody's got to write the software. Somebody's got to maintain the equipment. So certainly, if you've got children looking to get into college, having them learn you know, automation, robotics, so on, is a very useful thing to do. Getting into data science, which is a very hot field, uh, is, is a good way uh, to have a very uh, lucrative career going forward once you're out of college. So we're going to take a quick break right here. Up next, we're going to talk about drone security, right? We've got all these gadgets and devices that we buy from the store, uh, but they have security vulnerabilities too. Many of them operate Android, uh, the same software that powers uh, you know, your mobile devices. So there's security implications on there. We're going to have a researcher, Dragos Ruyu, uh, who uh, runs a great security conference looking for these vulnerabilities and helping industry fix them. So stay tuned for that. You are listening to Cybersecurity Today Radio with John Bambanek. We will be right back. This is Cybersecurity Today with John Bambanek, the most trusted name in cybersecurity. John Bambanek, on the radio and on the lookout for the latest cyber threats. John Bambanek, on the radio and on the lookout for the latest cyber threats. And welcome back. You're listening to Cybersecurity Today Radio. I am your host, John Bambanek. The last segment, we talked a little bit about the uh, security implications and uh, cybersecurity claims that we're hacking missiles in North Korea. Not true. But uh, I thought a time to turn a little bit to all of the devices and gadgets that we have every day in our homes. Uh, my wife and I are looking to buy a new home uh, and looking at houses. And apparently this is a new thing now where, you know, they do two-minute YouTube videos of a drone flying around. So you see the, the whole house. So I thought it would be a good thing to talk about drone security and all these RF devices that we have around us. So joining us is Dragos Ryu. Uh, the organizer of CANSEC West and PACSEC uh, in Vancouver and Tokyo, respectively. I've been to CANSEC uh, a couple of times now. It's a great conference for uh, hackers and security professionals alike. So welcome to the program, Dragos. Yep, we've been doing that for a while. It's 18 years old now, so it's old enough to drink. Thanks, thanks <laughs> for having me on, John. No, thank you. Uh, and thank you for having me out a couple times to your conference. So let's talk about drones. You've got some uh, research that you're working on in terms of uh, drone hijacking uh, and things of that sort. Why don't you uh, uh, go ahead and lead us off. Tell us what you found. 
Sure. I, I have. I've been. I guess I could count as an old dinosaur in the drone area because I've been doing it for about a dozen years. I first started out uh, when we were looking for a way to stop folks sitting in a laptop with cars and uh, trying to figure out an autonomous system that will search for uh, hackers that way. That was a little bit ahead of its time, but uh, the technology's uh, recently caught up. So for the last uh, four years, we've been poking at. Uh, a variety of RF attacks. There's these new fancy things called uh, software-defined radios, which mm -hmm. is basically removing the, the hardware chips and the hardware elements and doing all that stuff in software on processors that are now fast enough to process the radio signals. And uh, that's enabled a whole bunch of things that you used to have to create an IC and it would take you years of development work. Mm -hmm. Now oh, you yeah. can do it with 10 lines of code. So uh, we uh, have just demonstrated an attack against uh, the DSMX protocol, which is probably the most widely used RC protocol in uh, in North America, maybe behind, uh, the with a close second, uh, the Futaba and the stuff DJI and those phantom drones use. But um, our attack, basically, we can take over a, a drone in midair and say, no, no, you shouldn't be flying in this area. We're going to we're gonna take control of your drone and make it land or fly it wherever. So uh, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty fancy, uh, sophisticated attack. Uh, but um, you know the the attack itself is simple. We're we're essentially using the fact that um, a lot of these are, are new RC yeah. protocols. You know, everybody's switching over to digital from the old analog systems, which are even simpler. But they, you know, it's not quite like the internet. They're not mm -hmm. encrypted, or anyone anyone can sniff them over the air. There's no real. There's very little authentication done between the transmitter and the receiver. They, there's a there's a binding procedure, but you know, it's not exactly. Uh, hard stuff to break that you know in, in the rc protocol that's uh, widely used and just released as the newest and greatest things they have a, a whole great bit big 16 bits of id you have hmm. to uh, you have to you have to go through you know it's for a computer that's that's milliseconds right so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, before you try all the combinations possible and uh, we just basically sniff the air and figure out what the combination the radios uses and then uh, kind of jump in the queue a little bit ahead of time. We send our transmission about 10 sure. milliseconds uh, ahead of the original transmitter and uh, sort of send our control signal before uh, before the, it receives the packets from the original source and uh, that's a pretty pretty successful attack. You know, it's, it leads to fancy demos. We can uh, take over people's RC planes in mid-flight and fly them wherever we want and, uh, and things mm -hmm. like that. So it's, uh, it's fancy. Yeah, or, or you can keep people from smuggling in drugs into into prisons. Yeah, that's a real problem. I think there's a there's a bunch of startups and companies that are all chasing that uh, space right now, and on, on a variety of military applications. I think there's a company called Department 13 over in Atlanta or Kansas City. There's Raytheon's doing stuff. Everybody's oh, yeah. uh, everybody's seeing big business opportunities in uh, in keeping uh, drones out of the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. There's yeah. There's that, uh, and I don't think anybody's fully figured out how to fly uh, uh, at least a, a big enough explosive to make an impact. But eventually, somebody's going to figure that out. Yeah, they've they've done a few things. I think that they've come down really hard. I do a conference in Tokyo, and there was a big famous case where uh, some political activists, I think, dropped oh, yeah. a and phantom drone with some radioactive. You know, they, they scraped all their radio, all their all their cesium off their clocks and put it all together and uh, and dropped it on on the uh, prime minister's roof, I think it was, and uh, that, that's caused a big overreaction. And you know, the, now drones are nearly forbidden almost everywhere in Japan because because uh, of that one stunt. So, well, yeah, I, I think yeah, it's all fun and games until somebody drops radioactive material on a head of state. <laughs> yeah, you know, I would never would have come up with that joke before, but. Uh, it was a, it was a good showing I, maneuver. I think I, I would have avoided the radiation thing. That 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 
kind of next level, you know, stuff. But uh, I agree. Um, you know, we've had similarly in the United States people flying drones, you know, into the White House, uh, over the White House fence and the like. And the Secret Service predictably, uh, predictably has no sense of humor about that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, that, that's caused a little bit of response from the drone industry. I know that the, the, the problem everyone has was DJI Phantoms. They were common, and the DJI stuff's used for aerial photography a lot. And I think they've they put in no no uh, no fly software on their gps so you can't do it around airports and then uh, in around uh, restricted areas and that that's had a little bit of effect and, uh, interestingly i haven't seen actually a lot of people spend a lot of time to try to circumvent that i'm sure it's it's possible but uh, the people have been mostly responsible about uh, following those kind of guidelines you know most of most folks who fly them are responsible just hobbyists so just a few yahoos yeah and i, I actually i think uh, the faa now requires you to register as a drone pilot uh, they do, that, yeah, and uh, a there's new law this year, I think. The, the 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 regulations actually are shifting from country to country, and they're so dynamic and fluid right now. You know, every you can count on these days, we're having new regulations about once every two two years, and uh, it's a little bit it's a little bit tough to make uh, heads or tails of uh, of what's going on. I, I mean, I'm from Canada, and uh, it, in Canada, they've just flip flopped all the rules around, and no one's really kind of wrapped their heads around the new rules because they're they're the rules are noticeably fuzzy, and nobody's ever mm -hmm. really quite sure how they're being enforced, and sometimes. Uh, you know, it, it also depends on local law enforcement interpretation. We've had a little spate of cases here mm -hmm. recently where they're uh, they've been fairly aggressive in in pursuing people who've been flying in downtown areas of large cities and uh, anywhere where there's lots lots of population. So it's uh, it's still early days for a lot of this technology. No, no, definitely. And uh, you know, you bring up a good thing. It's all radio frequency stuff. Uh, many of it has at least some kind of stripped down version of an operating system on there. So I mean, there are there are security applications of it. They you know they're fun to play with, you know, but people can do bad things with them too. Actually, you know, they've, uh, so we, I get to see a lot of research papers at our conferences, uh, mm -hmm. and there's been a host of research in, into taking over these. Most of them run Android, interestingly enough. Uh, that's the, the Android OS is, seems to be a big core in a lot of them, and, and uh, a lot of this, these Internet and embedded Internet of Things and, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you know, you have to run, tread, run antivirus on your treadmill these days. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a lot of them are actually based on Android seems to be having a, a very deep impact there. So a lot of those same security research you see for the phones and for the phone OS is really is applicable to a lot of these things like drones and other and your toasters and other devices in your home these days. Dragos Ryu, the organizer of CanSec West and PacSec. You're listening to Cybersecurity Today Radio with John Bamanek. Stay tuned. Uh, we'll be taking your questions about how you can uh, protect your own security and privacy here after the break. You're listening to Cybersecurity Today with John Bambanek. You're listening to John Bambanek, the most trusted name in cybersecurity.
Welcome back. You're listening to Cybersecurity Today Radio with John Bambanek. Uh, just finished up a great inf- uh, a great interview with Dragos Ruyu uh, of CanSec West a Conference in Vancouver in the spring, talking about drone security and some of the things that uh, individuals can do and the security implications of drones. It's an important thing to keep in mind, all of these smart devices, treadmills, uh, smart lights, uh, Amazon Alexas, on and on. Most of them operate, uh, we don't think of them as computers, but most of them have operating systems. They have instructions. Some even run web servers. Uh, and they all have uh, security issues and things that they may cause some uh, risks to your privacy. So whenever you get any kind of new devices like this, uh, try to be aware. Take a look at the fine print of what information it's collecting about you, where it's stored, what they're doing with it. Uh, and how these things communicate because, you know, you could be buying a drone for your kids that somebody turns around, uh, takes it over using just a radio frequency attack and starts spying on your family, right? That, that's kind of a crafted example. But criminals are always thinking of ways that they can use your technology against you. Uh, the next segment, we're going to have an interview talking about abuses of how people can use domain names to trick you thinking that you're going to Microsoft.com and instead you're getting malware. But this is just as much true for Amazon Alexas. Uh, you saw over the news of the past week, Burger King uh, had a commercial that would take over uh, and give instructions to uh, the little Google voice-activated device. Uh, criminals are very much thinking along these same lines, too. So definitely have to keep in mind uh, the security implications of these devices uh, and what it means for your family and their privacy. Got a question on cybersecurity? Ask Bambanek. Really? You sure about that? This is uh, the time in the show we take some questions from social media, your questions on how you want to protect yourself, your family, what you want to know. If you have any questions at all, feel free to email us at johnbambanekradio at gmail.com. Find us on the web at cybersecuritytodayradio.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash cybersecradio, or Twitter at cybersecradio, and my personal Twitter account at Bambanek. So let's get right into it. Alan asked, I've read a lot about the recent NSA leak. As a Windows user, is that something I should be concerned about? Uh, the short answer to this question is if you've been applying Microsoft updates monthly, as they come out, you get that pop-up you know, that says updates need to be applied to your computer. As long as you're doing that, you're running the latest version of Windows 10. The short answer is no. A lot of people think, right, when they see NSA or intelligence agencies, there's a lot of sophisticated tools or criminals uh, use all of these tricks and vulnerabilities to get into it, uh, into your computer and into your financial accounts. The reality is, as long as you're paying attention to what you're clicking uh, with websites and emails, you're not opening uh, attachments from uh, unauthorized sources, as long as you're applying all of the updates, not just of Windows or 
iOS or Mac OS X, but a Firefox browser, of Java, of Microsoft Office, of all of these applications on your machine. If you're keeping those patches up to date, applying those patches when they come out, you are protected against so much stuff. It is more important to do that than it is to get antivirus. By all means, get antivirus. I'm not telling you not to do that. But really, if you keep your machine and all of the applications on your machine and your cell phones and all the smart devices in your phone up to date, you're really well protected. As an interesting aside, the, uh, an official from the NSA who was responsible for a group called TAO, Tailored Access Operations, which is their hacking group, gave a, uh, a speech at a public security conference. Uh, and it covered a lot of topics. But ultimately, his advice is, if you don't want us to get into your stuff, it's good security awareness, making sure that you know what scams look like and proper email handling and not clicking on uh, you know, bad messages and social media and, and so on and so forth. But keeping your machines up to, up, up to date, fully patched for all the latest updates. Uh, and then you're so much safer uh, than most people out there. You really get a strong leg up and all you really need to do is applying those updates. So I really can't stress that enough. I say it most every show, but apply those updates. If you want to keep yourself safe, uh, whether it's from Russian cyber criminals or intelligence agencies, right? Patch, patch, patch. Ask Bambina. Moving on to our next question here on Cybersecurity Today Radio. Uh, Alicia asked, I'm concerned about email phishing scams. I've read they're getting better and better. What can I do to protect myself and my family from them? We're actually going to have an interview here shortly uh, from a reporter from Fortune talking about uh, one of those uh, better ways that they have to compromise, uh, compromise your privacy and your security. The f- biggest thing is to know what normal is know how um fedex will communicate with you right there's a lot of email i'm sure everybody listening to this right now can go into their spam folder and they're going to see fedex or ups or post office uh messages saying hey we're trying to deliver a package to you open this zip file right All that is attempting to do is install malware, probably ransomware on your computer, right? Whenever there's links in an email, kind of take your mouse over it. uh, See where the link directs you to, right? There's a lot of stuff purporting to be from a bank, right? You know, let's say Citibank. Not to pick on them, but they're a big bank and they're a target. Hey, this is Citibank. We've detected suspicious activity on your account. Log in. Click this link to log in and verify it, right? Take your mouse over it. Don't click, but just look at what appears up, usually in the bottom left. And if it says Citibank.com dot Jimmy is going to steal your money dot RU, well, you know that's a scam. Right, uh, a lot of these attachments you see in email, uh, you know, you'll see zip files or things with .jar or .wsf. Right, always be careful of that. If you don't know the exact person emailing to you, you're not expecting a document. Be wary of it, especially if it's not, uh, you know, .pdf or .doc. Uh, 
look for things that have multiple file extensions, right? You may see something that says, uh, you know, invoice.doc.exe, right? That's actually an executable. It's not a Microsoft document. So look for these subtle forms of deception because ultimately that's what it comes down to is that uh, they're trying to deceive you subtly to get to uh, get you to do something to compromise yourself. And that kind of goes back to the earlier point, right? If you keep yourself patched and you don't let criminals trick you into compromising yourself, they really have a lot less they can do against you. So I said be aware of those scams. Be aware of what banks you you use, how they communicate. No one is ever going to ask you for your password and email. No one should be asking your social security and email, and there isn't a Nigerian general who wants to give you money. So uh, those are your questions. If you've got more, feel free to email us. Visit us on the web. Up next, an interview with Robert Hackett of Fortune, Fortune Magazine, talking about the latest in phishing scams and how using international characters of other languages can be used uh, by criminals to compromise your safety and security. So, great interview. Looking forward to that coming up next. So, stay tuned. You are listening to Cybersecurity Today Radio with John Bambanek. This is Cybersecurity Today with John Bambanek. You're back with Bambanek on Cybersecurity. Cybersecurity Today Radio. I am your host, John Bambanek. Hackers and fishers, scammers are constantly emailing you, trying to get you to install malware and trick you to giving up credit card information, and their tactics are constantly evolving and adapting to get around uh, security tools and your browser and things the operating system is doing to protect you. So there's an interesting new development in some of this, ways that uh, criminals are trying to trick you. Uh, So we're joined now with Robert Hackett from Fortune. Uh, He's a technology writer, had a story this week about uh, new phishing domains, uh, domains that are malicious, that pretend to be something else, uh, but a new tactic uh, attackers have to trick you to... uh, believing uh, what you're seeing even though it's actually a criminal so thank you for joining us robert yeah thanks great to be here all right why don't you tell us a a little bit about uh, what problem it is uh, you discovered and uh, what we should know about it yeah sure so uh so the first person who came across this really uh recently and the reason this has become a big deal is this uh software developer zhudong zhang uh, and basically what he discovered is that you can register a domain name online uh, that is a web address, and you can make it look exactly like the name of a website you might normally visit, like apple.com. Uh, but in fact, it is not. It is a knockoff, uh, even though in the web bar, uh, the web address bar and the URL look exactly the same. Okay. So, for instance, right, if I'm going to uh, Microsoft.com, there's actually several different types of O's when you deal with international character sets that look identical. So, you know, there could be a fake Microsoft, but you're looking at, at a website and it's, it's actually Microsoft. Is that correct? Uh, 
Exactly, yeah. So the crux of this is that um, the domains are relying on a character set uh, in Unicode. Unicode basically encodes a whole bunch of different symbols from different languages around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out that a bunch of these symbols are very similar to one another. Uh, so the example I use in my story is, you know, the Cyrillic alphabet uh, and the Latin alphabet are very similar. You know, mm-hmm. the O, for example, is, uh, it's just a circle. <laughs> so uh, if you're using something that looks exactly the same, but the computer interprets them differently, uh, you're going to have an issue where the fissures have an advantage to fool you. Okay. Um, so this is just kind of a developer who found this, not necessarily, I mean, are you seeing uh, criminals use this in the wild right now? Is this happening today? Yeah, so I have not seen uh, any active exploits of this uh, this bug in the wild. There have been a few demos. Zhudong, mm-hmm. like I mentioned earlier, he created one himself. So he made one that looks exactly like Apple.com. Um, mm-hmm. But when you click on it, it is uh, it is a fake demo site that he's created. There were also some researchers at a company called WordFence. They create security tools for WordPress, the mm-hmm. blogging site. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so they created one that was Epic.com. Now, Epic.com is a uh, is another software development firm. They make electronic uh, uh, medical record technology. But anyway, so he managed to create, or that group managed to create an Epic.com that was, you know, totally owned by them and and not the real one at all. In your mind, you know, what are something, you know, a criminal could do with this? How would they attack this? Yeah, so uh, they could pretty much exploit it like they would any other kind of phishing scheme. Uh, They'd register a domain, they would control it, uh, and, you know, maybe they'd send you a link in an email or something, so it looks like you're headed to uh, a brand that you trust when in reality it is their page. Uh, and maybe they trick you into entering your, your password, your login credentials, um, or maybe they just have a site that has malware on it in a way that when you visit the page, it automatically downloads on your machine, uh, and that would be quite problematic for you. Sure, sure. So, um, you know, definitely a big problem in there. Like you said, you know, people, you could check your spam folders all the time. You know, there'll be emails in there purporting to be Bank of America or the post office or FedEx or uh, you name a brand, uh, you know, but in this case, right, instead of pointing to FedEx.com.JimmyHatesYou.RU, whatever, it could actually look like FedEx.com, but using an, inter- you know, a, an international equivalent of the letter E uh, and be completely under the control of somebody else, right? And from there, you can use your imagination of, of all the kind of malfeasance that you could cause because of this. And I said, this is a, a, a relatively kind of new phenomenon because the Internet was created. When it was created, it was basically just a research network among mostly U.S. universities. And now it's, it's a global system that all of us use, but uh, there are countries out there who don't speak English uh, and want their character set and their languages represented in, in some of the core infrastructure. Uh, and that's kind of the crux uh, of how we got here today. So, um, you know, what else have you seen in terms of, uh, you know, ways criminals are taking advantage of stuff? Any new or hot stories that you're tracking for Fortune uh, that our listeners should be aware of? Well, I will say, um, you know, just uh, to touch on the other subject, there is some good news, which is that um, the Microsoft uh, Microsoft's Internet Explorer and Edge browsers are not affected. 
uh, and neither is Apple's Safari browser. Um, Also, uh, however, Google Chrome is affected and Firefox is affected, and but uh, some more good news is that Google has a fix in the works and it's ready to deploy uh, over the next few days uh, or weeks. Okay, so outstanding, and that kind of brings us to uh, you know an important point I, I make almost every show is uh, whenever these updates that you see are out there for your web browser, for Firefox, Chrome, for Mac OS X, Windows, all the various applications and operating systems you use, uh, definitely apply those because there's uh, new security uh, software that they're putting in there, new things to protect you from criminality that's developed all of the time. And if you're not applying updates, uh, not only are you not getting the benefit of that protection, uh, the criminals know about what software is being put in uh, they can reverse engineer it and find exploits so they uh, they can use the old software against you in fact last week we talked about it on the show a little bit uh, the NSA leak of the shadow brokers tools uh, the punchline of that is if everything you have is up to date the NSA at least according to that leak didn't have anything to compromise you so always be sure to to apply those updates um, so, uh, a- any new stories that you're tracking, any scams uh, out there that you're seeing? Uh, well, I did write another story this week about uh, there was a rumor going around that Snapchat had been hacked. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this was this was due to some reporting. Uh, an Indian news outlet picked up some rumor of some hackers' claims saying they had dumped 1.7 million uh, people's accounts information online. Uh, then it was picked up by the Daily Mail and Newsweek cited it. Uh, but anyway, so I started doing some digging around and I found the leak that they were talking about. And it turned out that it was just a repurposed leak mm-hmm. from 2013, some data that was exposed years ago, uh, which is very common for criminals to do, uh, yep. is to repurpose old data leaks and hype them up again uh, in the news. Yeah. So kind of the original fake news of just people claiming that they've got something but just repurposing old data. And it's actually quite common. We, I don't know. I see it maybe every other week or so, and, and we've kind of grown accustomed to ignoring it. But but certainly, yeah, people uh, uh, see things in the news, and, uh, you know, it may not always be right on the first time through. So uh, we've been talking to Robert Hackett of Fortune Magazine. You can find more of his stuff and uh, at fortune.com. Thank you for joining us today, Robert. Thanks for having me, John. So great things you need to be aware of, right? Scammers trying to deceive you in your email, making things look like they're not supposed to trying to make things look legitimate that really aren't. So definitely pay attention to that. Always apply those updates. When somebody sends you a link in email, kind of put your mouse over it and see what the URL is below before checking it. If you see anything suspicious, uh, don't click on it because only you can protect your own privacy and security online. So that brings us to the end of our show. Had a lot of great content today talking about drone security, what the criminals are doing with phishing, uh, the North Korean supposed cyber attack of missiles, uh, and taking some of your questions of how you can protect yourself. To get more uh, information, things that we're putting online, you can visit us online at our website, cybersecuritytodayradio.com. You can visit us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cybersecradio. On Twitter, 
at CyberSec Radio and at Bambanek from my personal Twitter account. And you can email uh, any questions you may have, commentary, uh, whatever you'd like to hear more of at Radio at gmail.com. J-O-H-N-B-A-M-B-E-N-E-K radio at gmail.com. Again, this is Cybersecurity Today Radio with your host, John Bamanek, coming to you from AM820 News, covering Tampa Bay and the West Coast, as well as AM1060 News, covering the Space Coast and Orlando. And look forward to uh, talking with you again about cybersecurity next Saturday. So tune in for more. John Bambanek. 